Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Account Experience Podcast. My name is Adam Dorrell, and I'm here to bring you a great guest today who runs, well, what I can only describe as one of the most modern contact centers that I know. We're going to really lean into um, what Icon Communications does, for that is that company, um, does, and how what, what makes it special. But there's a few things I really want to bring to the to the um, table today. You know, everyone that listens to this knows that I'm really dedicated for response rate. And I'm told that the response rate for this particular program is 100%. I think that's pretty impressive. So we'll dive into that and the net promoter score and closing the loop. If you would uh, like to join me as I introduce Helen Hicken from Icon Communication. Helen, welcome to the Account Experience Podcast. How are you doing? Very well. Thank you, Adam. Thank you so much indeed for inviting me on the session today. I am so proud that we can get you on here. I've really heard a lot about the programs that you've been operating on, and I'm really excited to do this. Now, um, I think you can probably introduce your company way better than I can, but tell everybody about Icon Communication, where you are, and about what you're doing for clients. Yeah, so Icon, we're based in the Czech Republic in Prague. And we've been operational for nearly, well, just coming up to 18 years now, so some time. We, we specialize in the business-to-business -business arena, um, creating tailor-made solutions, focusing on customer experience, inside sales, and account management solutions. Uh, being in Prague and being in the Czech Republic, um, that means we do that in lots of different languages. Um, we are, as a minimum, talking every day in 30 different languages um, and very proud of a very prestigious client base. That's amazing. I mean, you know, so we get listen some all over the world here. I mean, I know that, for example, you run a program for us that's a global program with, you know, reaching out to the US. So you got, you, you know, one of, that's always one of the things that as a Brit, you know, I'm, my, I've got very limited language skills, but so I'm always amazed when people do the stuff in that different languages. How do, what, how do you get over the challenge of, first of all, doing 30 different languages in your business? Yeah, and you know, with, when you start out a, a business, there's always some unpleasant surprises and there's always some very pleasant surprises. So part of our due diligence when we went over to the Czech Republic and Prague in particular was we knew one of the reasons for setting Icon up was we saw that there was a gap in the marketplace. Um, so going back to sort of 2000 and 2002, 2003, there was onshore and there's offshore. There's no such thing at that point in time as nearshore. And looking at customers um, and clients' requirements to have good quality resource at a, at a reasonable price point, but picking up on the language bit, wanting to consolidate operations so there were more and more European hubs. We, we saw um, through our due diligence, we knew that the Czech Republic would support a breadth and depth of language. What we didn't realize, and one of our pleasant surprises, was just the amount of expats that, yeah. um, that this country attracts. We 90% of our workforce are expats. Really? Phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. So, you know, uh, you know, such as supporting your program, Adam, it means that you've got absolutely brilliant caliber resource and, and customers, end customers 
really just don't even question where the call or the conversation is coming from. Their assumption is just it's within their home country. I can totally imagine it. I, I love Prague, great city to live and work in. And that's something that you've obviously been able to exploit for, for that basis. Yeah. So, and, and I think it's really true. You're right. You're right. In my career, I was also thinking about nearshoring and offshoring. Now, and especially with COVID, it doesn't matter where you get the people from to some extent. But if you've got that, good, you know, that base of uh, people there, that, what a fantastic resource you've got. Oh, yeah. The, the one recent stat um, that came out is of the working population in uh, Prague right now one in four are expats it's mind-blowing but then again i think is it mind-blowing because you know you've said it it is such a lovely country and city to work in and i think the one thing that the czechs have really got right is is this is this balance about what those guys do in their spare time um and and that is great because that's translated to all nationalities when you live there there's some great countryside you know you can go skiing yeah, you can enjoy the hot weather when it's there. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a lovely place to live. And super beer, of course. Oh, uh, I think, you know, I, I also, I, yeah, I don't mean to, don't mean to, I'm also an expat myself, so I, I completely under, understand the uh, the drive behind it. Helen, diving into some of the, um, the the types of clients you've got, can you can you give some colour behind, um, you know, what type of work you're doing to, before, uh, as we dive into your Net Promoter Programme, we can, we can think about that? Yeah, thank you. And, so basically, our, our, our tremendous experience is really supporting, as we said, focusing on the business to business arena. Um, we, we have great specialization um, in a number of sectors, but the, 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 key, the key sectors that we're supporting right now are technology, um, travel and leisure. Um, and we, and also within the telecommunications center or sales service um, sectors as well. So um, a great breadth. And um, with that, it's been, you know, this is the bit that I love about our, our industry, having so much experience across a whole range of different sectors, being able to share learnings from one sector to another and see the improvements that can be realized. Um, it just makes your job um, really awesome. I, I, I'd like to get into that, actually, because, of course, there are contact centres and there are contact centres, and you very much operate sort of at the premium or boutique end of the market. And how does that, you know, how, how have you been able to win business in that area? Because it's hugely competitive. What, what do you think some of the ways that you've been able to mark yourself out against your competitors? I, I love that question because, uh, you know, through through COVID, and I, I hate, you know, harking back to COVID because it's been used so many times, but it, it really has allowed a lot of companies to take a step back and say, how have we got here? What are we really good at? Um, and, and, you know, how have we won the business that we've got and how can we do more of that? And uh, I'm, I'm really proud and the team are really proud of 80% of our revenue has come from client referral business. So up until two years ago, we didn't have a sales team. So it came from word of mouth. Now we have a great growth plan and we really are, you know, we're pushing, we're pushing where the company's going over the next three years. We've now got a sales and marketing team. So, you know, in that 18 years, Icon has has grown through the great work it's done and clients predominantly referring our work. 
that is fantastic. I mean, I think we're about 30% referrals, but 80%, that's astonishingly good. Now, now let me ask you on this. Do you prod people to do this? Do you, you know, do you say, would you like to refer us? How, how do you, <laughs> or is it literally just word of mouth? Tell we, me more. We do now because, yeah, previously we, we were, um, we class ourselves and so many people use the best kept secret, but I think we were incredibly modest and, you know, I take, responsibility for that in terms of you know we've, we've always had a very responsible approach to outsourcing and with that obviously my job is to make sure that we have um, a strong foundation and profitable organization which is why we've been in business for 18 years what what we what we didn't do is again have this proactive approach to growing the business um, and We've got that now, but no, the answer to your question, Adam, is we weren't going out. We do now. We do now go to clients and we do actually explicitly say, look, you're getting great service. Who else would benefit from this? But that happened by accident, I'm guessing. Okay, but, but how did you get into this position? So I was I was being somewhat facetious about asking whether you'd activated them, but 80% client referral is almost unbelievable. So, okay, what's your special source? Do you have a process in for measuring what customers are saying about you? Yeah, no, that's so for sure. So with any with any successful business, there has to be some structure and there has to be some methodology. And the one thing that Icon, um, one of our core pillars is we want feedback. Sometimes that feedback hurts. And sometimes we're super proud of it. But we need that feedback. And that is why the business has grown. And not just from clients, from colleagues, from, from our workforce as well. So it is about soliciting feedback, honest feedback and understanding, which goes back to MPS. MPS is at the heart of our business and making sure that we understand who really will refer us now. And if we haven't got the MPS score that says that clients are going to refer us, we need to know why and we need to know what we're going to do better and we need to put action plans in place to make sure that we are you know we're retaining and you know 80 percent we still got 20 percent to go so we, it's not as if we've got to the end of the line to continue this 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 traction and trajectory we're on i think that sounds like a really good humble brag actually Let, but let's dive let um look i Myself and I think a bunch of the people that listen to this are total nerds that really want to go into the nuts and bolts of the program. So, you know, I said that you'd, you had a 100% response, contact response. I mean, is that true? How do you get, and how do you get there? Talk about that. Yeah, and we've, we've worked hard because as we all know, the response rate is key because you can, you can get two or three people respond with a great MPS score, but it's not representative. So we've got to have a good confidence level in terms of what our data is telling us. The reason that we believe that we're getting such a phenomenal return rate is our, our clients can see that as a result of going through the process, we listen, we are putting plans in place, and we're doing something about it. So, you know that age-old adage, you reap what you sow? If you keep taking, just give us, we just want your feedback, and we're not going to, it's really, and I mean, I, a phrase that probably gets overused, but that closed-loop process, 
you're giving, you're taking your time, you're giving us a few minutes, and we are going to do something with that, with that feedback. That is why I personally believe it encourages clients to give us more feedback in the future. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. Once, uh, once you've, but once you bake that into your culture, it's really hard to, to let it go, but it is hard to get into your culture. So did you do this from day one, Helen, or does it, did this evolve? How did it, you, what was your journey like? Yeah, it, it, it did evolve. And one of the biggest um, learning points for us, and this is like, this is talking to our customers, is we, we really do, everybody is, is time precious. So we've, thought very hard about the questions. And also we're dealing with many different geographies. So we've really simplified how we ask those questions because, you know, over the journey, the questions could have been too long. You know, there were were words in there that didn't translate from one country to another. So making sure that the question is super simple in terms of what is it we really wanna get back? So trying to avoid ambiguity. The other thing as well is making sure that the customers are educated in terms of when it's when it's that question about would you recommend and looking at the overall scoring system, unless I knew about MPS, I would have thought eight is a really good score. You know, if I was giving somebody an eight, I'd be going, you know what? I've given Adam a really good score. He's going to be really happy with that. And I think that the, over time, clients understanding what MPS is, we're doing it because we're going to do something about it, but we're doing it because we want to know if the health of our business, would you recommend us? Are you really satisfied with our service? Understanding the scoring system, actually, it's not, it doesn't mean we're, we're just trying to get a better score. It means that, we're actually getting a true picture for what our clients think. Does that make sense, Adam? Yeah, I, I, I think so. I, I could tell you a whole bunch of stuff. I can, you know, my, in my history about the Dutch effects. The Dutch never give nine or tens, apparently. No, it's nobody so, it's nobody so gives a nine or ten, except it's not true because when you do a great program, people are really happy to give a nine or ten. Right? It's so, yeah, you're absolutely so true in terms of perception. That is, it, it, there is a, well, you're never going to get this, but when people actually understand, this is the scoring, and if you're happy with what we're doing, then you'll get the right score back. This episode of the Account Experience Podcast is sponsored by Customer Gauge, the leading B2B account experience software that ties revenue to your experience data in real time to help you make better account-centric decisions that drive revenue growth. Quick question, what do you guys think is the number one reason B2B experience programs fail? Believe it or not, it's lack of C-suite buy-in. In Customer Gauge's research with MIT, they found the quickest way to align yourselves with the C-suite is to actually align with what they care about most, which is revenue. That's why Customer Gauge is literally built from the ground up to maximize and track the revenue contribution from your experience program in real time. Companies like DHL, Anheuser-Busch, Heineken, uh, yeah, we get a good amount of free beer. One Login, Iron Mountain, H&R Block, SuperOffice, and Sugar CRM are already using Customer Gauge to maximize their growth by tying their programs to revenue. And with over $10 billion worth of account revenue actively being managed in Customer Gauge, yeah, that's billion with a B. They're the leader in the space. But maybe even more interesting, they found that once you get alignment with that C-suite, the needs of these B2B practitioners or the program champions are evolving too. In such a complex account environment, 
It can be really tough to measure and act on feedback quickly across multiple departments, divisions, or even locations. Luckily, Customer Gauge has you covered there as well. With account native features that easily help you not only measure the feedback from multiple stakeholders in an account, but act on that feedback in real time. Because at the end of the day, if you're not empowering your frontline staff with the right insights to address customer issues, you're going to be dealing with the churn issue. It's not a matter of if, it's really a matter of when. Customer Gauge helps you distribute this experience data across your entire organization, regardless of department, regardless of location, regardless of division, all in real time. No manual spreadsheets or a team of analysts are needed. Customer Gauge's mission is to help B2B companies harness the power of account-centric growth to drive meaningful change in their businesses. And that's a powerful thing. If you want to see Customer Gauge in action, go ahead and check out customergauge.com and get a demo of account experience today. You won't regret it. Okay, I'm going to nerd out with a few quickfire questions. So how many times a year do you survey your customers? Twice. Twice a year. Okay. And multiple people in each organization? How many would you say on average? Uh, on average, probably about three or four per organization. And really, you've got a, about 100% response rate? Okay. So I'm going to dive deep into is that, is that email, SMS, or are you actually phoning people up? E email, but then if somebody hasn't responded, we will say, look, it's super important. We know you've been on vacation. Whatever you do, it's two or three minutes. Please, please respond. Now that's interesting because because you you know you at heart you're a you know human contact center right a premium contact center and yet you're still asking people to go for the email, but prompting them to do it. Now for me that's an interesting thing because you could presumably could get a different answer if it's voice to voice or if it's email. What do you think of that? Very true. We feel that the the email communication means that the customer can do. It, when they when when he or she wants to um and then the 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 telephone like can you please just go ahead and just click this quick link to do it is um conducted by our marketing department or sometimes if that doesn't work we will get the account team to say look please do it because so it, it, it is that closed loop and you know it's um it's there's something in it for everybody by making sure that we get as as, as high a response rate as possible. I, I really I love to hear you say that because um, many of my clients think that uh, you know that it's almost unattainable to get that high response rate. We've got some clients at sixty percent response rate by email, um, but to get to to get to near one hundred percent is 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 great, and and I think it really shows that commitment of of closing the loop as well. Um, so congratulations on that. Are you are you prepared to reveal your net promoter score? Can you talk about that? I I'd love to. Thank you for asking the question. We so our latest net promoter score was seventy. So uh, that, yeah, we we were very proud. We we set ourselves um and don't ask me how we calculated it. We set ourselves a target of seventy four. We ended up with seventy. We were really happy. I mean, seventy four was really. We were we're in the process. We set ninety day plans and ninety day plans for each quarter is about really challenging where we're going, and we could have set ourselves you know. A, a score of 50 50 would have been brilliant but it's like no what do we what do we think is the absolute ultimate that we think we could get for that quarter so 70 we were, we were really happy with that's awesome let's dive into maybe some of the details about it. i mean some of the things that you learned from customers as a result of doing this over the year were there, were there any things that caused you to change direction from some of the customer feedback 
Yeah, in terms of some of some of the some of the uh, one of the key points um, that that um, I could mention is it's talk one of one of the um, feedback forums that we had was that it was trying to engage. So our teams are incredibly engaged. They're brand evangelists, um, and what it was is we we want to try and improve the feedback from the team and how the team itself can help shape our business moving forward. And one of the things that came out of that is that team now gets involved with the client when they consider their pricing structure for the next commercial period. That's awesome. And that was something, I mean, they, the customer didn't say within the feedback, I'd like the team to get involved with our pricing structure. But from, from the feedback that we receive, it was teasing out actually, that team is day to day listening to what your clients are saying. I'm not saying that all of their pricing suggestions got adopted, but then of course you've got a team that is so engaged. They, they can understand why the pricing has changed, hasn't changed, and it just breeds further success and further engagement and further attention moving forward. Let me just make sure I understand this. So, because your team is acting as a an outsourced part of your 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 brand client, but they're in contact with the customer. So you're saying that they were uh, able to offer good advice on a pricing strategy yeah. to end customers. Yeah. Well, that that to me is a fantastic example of deep partnership. You should feel really proud about that. That's and 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 that's that's a good two way. Um, a dialogue and did were the were the pricing suggestions adopted yeah a, a, a fair chunk of them i mean so, some of them no but as i say the 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 key element there is the team then understand why not and you know rather than just uh, that it's rather than just feeling that their voice it's about voice voice is heard and i think the the strategic importance that the frontline voice of an organization has, actually that being listened to in a very grown up forum, the power of that is you, you can't measure the power of that. I think that's phenomenally powerful message you've got. I mean, we see this, um, it, you know, companies have become much more porous these days. Uh, you know, when I started out, companies were very vertically integrated, but now you're able to, partly because of technology, pick best of breed in your multi-channel setup, right? You know, so people who are great at doing social media or, or, or operating one-to-one -one, uh, in contact centers. I think this is a really great opportunity for companies to understand what their key strengths are and leverage companies like you for the, um, you know, for certain parts of their customer interaction. I agree, and I think within the B two B space, this is this is where we see a big opportunity. And I, I you know, I I, I appreciate within within the B two B space, there is a uh, there is a perception that the offering is so complicated. A lot of companies keep things in house because it's just like that's just how we have to do it because we. But it, it's it's not true. It's not true, and and. The customers that we have, and this is where we really want to champion this business to business space because allowing experts in communication, such as ICON, to, to handle that facet or certain elements of that facet, 
really will allow the customer to concentrate on their business because Adam, you've been in the, in the industry a long time too. We know that, you know, we're dealing with people and people and people, it's, it, it's a time consuming thing and it will suck up a lot of organizations time um, and outsourcing to a specialist really does bring the best of both worlds. It doesn't have to be everything but the right facet for sure. I couldn't agree more. I mean, we've, we've certainly seen this in the, you know, the logistics space where, you know, people would not even dream of, you know, doing their own logistics these days because you can use a three or four PL to do that stuff. And I think it's really the same in your domain that, you know, you're able to also to benchmark your clients against one another and put the processes on that, um, you know, the way that you can get your staff trained and how people can, can do that in a way that no brand owner can, can fully recognize so i think this is be the shift that we see that brand owners really start to think okay what business are we in probably it's the data that we own and then we'll figure out ways of going to market using the most appropriate thing i'm, I'm you know just thinking aloud here but i think that's really re really we'll see much more of that so hey you're really pioneering in this space alan we we do, i mean we as i say we were one of the first organizations to pick up the the nearshore opportunity and um with the B2B space, we're really champing in that right now, um, for, for sure. So uh, we have a massive responsibility and you know, dealing with customers is, is a big thing because it can, it can, it can really accelerate and propel organizations. Um, and that's our job. And when we get, we get such a buzz of seeing our customers just, just improve and grow. And, uh, yeah, that's what it's all about. Helen, you've got a very diverse team, obviously, by the need to satisfy all the different languages. So I'm interested, maybe you can tell us a little bit about some of the uh, opportunities and challenges that the diverse team gives you. It's been a massive opportunity, Adam. And as a result of dealing with, you know, we've got uh, over 100 different nationalities um, within our centre. And with that, I've, I've learned so much. So when we look at how dealing with one another, making sure that we're a really great place to work, making sure that our, our colleagues feel that they want to refer us as well. I mean, we've got a great, um, in terms of attracting new colleagues into the business, nearly 30% of our new recruits come from colleague referral. Oh, that's awesome. It gets member. That's uh, you know that is that's a great statistic. So what it's translated to is just as client satisfaction is key, obviously colleague satisfaction is key. And the reason colleague satisfaction is really key is the happier and more engaged the workforce is, by default they're going to be giving a better experience to our customers. And our clients so that we we know there's a direct correlation between the two so there is a lot of focus on that there's a lot of focus on culture we were very fortunate because when we set up icon 18 years ago it was a virgin territory we 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 had a lot of experiences from the uh the team that set the business up and the one thing that was most precious was guarding the culture and, and it's and it's grown and it's grown positively. And the more nationalities, the more languages, the more appreciative we are of other people's perspectives, points of views. Um, and that diversity then 
really does translate into, you know, shifting this way in which we see and think. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, that goes back to making sure that our customers and our clients are happy. And again, with metrics on this, you've got a measurement process in place to measure your, your, your colleague satisfaction. Yeah, so when we, the, the, the latest score that we have is 88% would recommend Icon as a great place to work. So we obviously want to get, you know, we want to get it higher, but yeah. still, that's, still a, that's still a great statistic to have. Congratulations. I think that's really good. Okay, Helen, you're pioneering, you've been pioneering for, for, for a number of years. What is next? What's in the future for Icon and the business? Yeah, I mean, Again, as, as we move forward, we know that we know that technology um, plays a, a, an ever increasing part of solution mix. So we have a customer success team that constantly searches lots of different technology solutions, um, partners. Our, our role is to make sure that we are delivering um, the absolute best, most brilliant customer experience for the for the for the for the best ROI. So for us, it's about using brilliant technology with absolute premium resource individuals. And the good news is, is that now there's some really good technology options out there. The stuff that was really a bit mundane, a bit boring within this industry, you don't have to do that. This this work within the BPO space, within the contact center industry. It's stimulating. It's interesting. We're yeah. actually making a difference yeah. to our customers' businesses. You get job satisfaction, and with that, um, so in answer, Adam, it is about constantly looking at business transformation, how we can further support the business-to-business space, and really looking at further nailing inside sales and account management. Um, and customer experience. So those are those are the three areas that we're really focusing on. Fantastic. I, I, I love the story that you've got here. I'm just going to see if I can summarize it so everyone's got it. So first of all, you want to make sure that you get very high response from the voice of customer feedback program you've got coming. You're looking for 100% and you're going to chase them down if they're not doing it, right? You're going to reinforce that by doing a closed loop activity, telling people what you learned and about what you're doing about the stuff that gives you high net promoter score in the 70s and that is what delivers this high um this high referral rate that you've got of 80 percent i mean that that's a model for anyone to learn from helen i think that's you should be really congratulated with that and it's a great sort of lighthouse way of doing things in b2b well done it's a great team so uh thank you very much i will pass that on so helen how can people reach you yeah, so basically, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on the website. So um, Icon Advantage, please reach out if you if you uh, search Icon Communication Centers, you'll find us. But LinkedIn will probably be the quickest the quickest route. Fantastic, and also you know if, for what it counts, I'd give you a solid ten. I think you're doing a great job for us, so you can count me in on that. That's, that's a pure accolade. So thank you very uh, much. Hey, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us today. And um, once again, thank you for CEO of Icon Communication, Helen Hicken. Thanks so much for joining us today, Helen. Thank you very much indeed.